Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Hey, Warriors. I hope you had a great week. Mine's been pretty decent. We finally got into the house last week. Uh, people came to help us. It was pretty cool. Um, though I am once again using the phone, I do have my computer pretty much set up. However, um, this week has been kind of busy again. We're going to be traveling a couple of days. So I may or may not be able to do a podcast next Monday normally. It might be another phone one phone one again. However, this week is because we're kind of dog-sitting a little bit today, and I, ha- I can't be at the house quite yet. And I wanted to get you guys a podcast. So um, I kind of wanted to continue this one to be a little bit about faith because it was very interesting from how irritated or at least frustrated I was before and what God kind of showed me a few things about faith is hard. But I'm not going to call it faith is hard, but uh, the idea is that he gave me some insight. And, uh, you know, through a friend that we met, uh, she had made the comment to me and to Britt uh, about how sometimes we look at um, the hard things that go on, the problems, the battles we go through, and we don't get excited because sometimes a lot of these things happen not necessarily just because you know we do have sin things do happen in this world there's corruption there's brokenness there's things that will just happen because it is a corrupt and broken world however it's how we perceived to move forward and step forward in our walk it's been many times, in, I mean, numerous times where things just felt frustrating, confusing, and and it, once again, it always goes back to st- taking a step back and looking. However, it also is how I am willing to look at it. A lot of times, we don't recognize that sometimes the hardships that we go through is just God testing or showing basically the enemy that, you know, so-and-so has faith in me. You may do those things and try to break them and destroy them, but I will keep my promises. I will be there for them, and I will show them the path they're supposed to go. And so it made me start thinking about um, Job. And we could go through Job like crazy, like verse by verse, but I wanted to point out some verses that popped out to me that reminded me that sometimes when we go through these hardships, we have to look at a couple things. And the one thing that pointed out to me was Job 1, going to verse 20, where Job states, or basically what's going on is Job does this. Then Job arose and tore his robe and shaved his head and fell on the ground and worshipped. Now, by this time, you know that he's lost basically everything. He's lost all of his kids. And the, the interesting part is there is mourning, sadness, frustration, but then he worships. And a lot of times when we go through a lot of our issues, one of the things we do not do is thank God for the provision that he provides during those hardships. 
You know, we battle with it, whatever it may be. We battle with frustration, anger, anxiety, depression, um, current family in crisis, you know, f- illnesses, cancer, uh, even chronic illnesses that we know could end bad, um, financial struggles, uh, car breaking down, um, house payments not coming together. I mean, we can go on and on and on and on and on. And we know, <clears throat> we know in Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, where it says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not to any other, 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 ugh, any other understanding. That's a tongue twister. However, it also says in every, like in everything, you give it to him without questioning. That's the idea behind it. Now, do we question? Yes. Is it wrong to question? I wouldn't say it's wrong to question. However, you need to ask the right questions. When you're struggling with something, ask God to reveal what he's wanting to teach you through it. Ask him, you know, we did the ask, seeking, knocking, do that whole system through it. Have them show you verses, have them bring somebody in your life to maybe give you clarity or because all it takes is just someone sharing a story or a thought or something that they've gone through that, you know, they weren't doing it to teach you or give you an idea or or a plan. It's just that God uses people. God uses his word. God uses a sermon. Even if the sermon is just not what you're expecting, Sometimes a sermon speaks through you. Why? Because we understand that God's word is alive. And sometimes he uses the people that are speaking to make a point, to make us go, hmm, interesting. Because if you continue on verse 21, it says, and he said, naked I came from my mother's womb and naked shall I return. You know, right there, it's like, oh, it sounds so depressing. And then the Lord gave and the Lord is taken away more depression like you just it, like you could feel the misery the sadness the sorrow everything just coming out but then he says blessed be the name of the lord and the most important verse out of this is the last verse in tw- verse chapter 122 it says and all this job did not sin or charge god with wrong the one thing that i've i've been learning after all these years is I got to stop pointing my finger to God and start paying attention to what God is doing. Sometimes it may not be clear. We talked about this last time. Sometimes the path may not be like a giant flashlight that you see down the road. However, he gives you what you need at the time that you need it. Even if it's like the most miserable day that you're having, God's saying, trust me, have faith believe in my words, read my words, know my words, pray to me, speak to me, just trust and obey me, but don't sin. Because I know for a fact, because I've done it before, there has been times where it's been so frustrating that I'd rather sin than obey, because at least with sin, I could feel good for a moment. At least for when I want to just focus on me, it allows me to not have to worry about anything. I can numb myself out. 
Sometimes it could be through games, TV. It could be for any other thing that I could find that can just numb that moment so I don't have to deal with it at that moment. However, that's not necessarily good. It's good to take a break. It's good to find rest. It's good to find peace in some sense while you're going through something. However, the idea is that I go for myself to at least feel something. Because one of the main things that, that people struggle with is they start feeling numb, which is where depression, anxiety, confusion, frustration starts to kind of cloud. And sometimes we go right back to maybe sins that we struggle with because that's comfortable and it makes us feel good for the moment. But the one thing we learned about Job is that he, he did not sin and he did not, technically he did not blame God for his problems. And then we know that throughout the time, if you've ever gone through Job, he has his health issues. Um, Satan starts attacking his body, though God told him he can't kill him, but he starts attacking his body. And then we know that later, you know, he <laughs> kind of does his lament about wanting to, wishing that he wasn't really born in some sense, but he's also kind of talking about the value that he has and he doesn't see, like he doesn't see himself as anything important to have such attention. However, it still points out to his love for God through it all. And it's, it's, like a, it's also a form of trust and faith that he has, knowing that he's going through what he's going through, but he's still going to trust God. And then we know later that, you know, he has conversations with friends and, and they, they try to tell him, hey, just give up. Just, you know, curse God out and just die. You know, why, why suffer through all this? And, and he goes and he tries to tell him, hey, no, I'm, I'm not going to do that. I, I trust God. I believe what God's doing is something good through it, even if it's miserable. Because we go all the way to chapter 5, we go to verse 8, he says, As for me, I would seek God, and to God would I commit my cause, who does great things and unsearchable, marvelous things without number. He gives, gives rain on the earth and sends waters on the fields. He sets on high those who are lowly and those who mourn are lifted to safety. He frustrates the devices of the crafty so that their hands achieve no success. He catches the wise in their own craftiness. And the schemes of the wily are brought to a quick end. The more, you know, I, I kind of notice is that it's how he's perceiving the events that are going on around him. Everybody else is like, oh, you must have done something horrible. Your kids must have sinned. And look, you know, just repent already or give up. Just just let just let it go. Just give in. Whatever you did, apologize, ask for mercy, and maybe God could provide, you know, happiness at the end of your days, and maybe, you know, maybe he'll allow you to die quickly. And like it's all these feelings that are coming in through all of this. And Job is like, no. No, no, I'm going to trust. I'm going to believe that God has my back. And then it started making me thinking about um, David and Joseph, the coat of many colors, Joseph. And you, you remember that, you know, Joseph was probably about 14, 15 
taken as a slave. We don't know how many years he stood as a slave, but we do know that he served uh, Potiphar. We do know that eventually he went to prison, and we know he was there for at least two years, and then he became second underneath the Pharaoh. Now, the parts that always people never really think about, because when they read scripture, they see the scriptures and they see like, oh, well, look at their life kind of came together. Things just kind of came together and they stand there and they they go, yeah, but look at my life. Things aren't going my way. Things are just like falling apart. I'm struggling. And, you know, yeah, you know, David believed. Yeah, Joseph did what he wanted. But I'm not a Joseph. I'm not a David. You know, I'm not a Job. And the thing is, is like, God's like, yes, you may not be those people, but are you paying attention to what they're doing during that time? Because if you go and you read into what Joseph was going on, there's several things. He honored God, he avoided sin, and he did his best to do wherever he was at, do his best there. Now, Joseph stood out to me at the most because there's several things. One, Joseph is, yes, a member of of the Israeli family, right? Gets enslaved. Through enslavement, he gets to learn several things. Remember, this is like a bad thing in our heads, right? But he learns a couple things. He learns leadership, and he learns service, to, service or servitude, right? Well, those are two things men are supposed to be good at, right? We're supposed to be leaders of our family, leaders at the church, even leaders in our community, leaders at our jobs. And we're supposed to understand what it means to serve. We always talk about leadership. We always point out how leadership is always designed from the perspective of serving. So a good leader understands how to serve. You know, we see those pictures and those memes that like that show up like on Facebook and stuff. We always see where the boss is the one that has his desk being pulled by his by the people who work underneath him, where the leader is actually out there with the team pulling the desk. So we get that depiction right there. So, secondly, he uh, excuse me, heard my my burp. Um, secondly, he served under Potiphar. He was given a leadership role to administrate and to lead the functioning of his home. More leadership skills, but also management, uh, organization, um, careful planning because, you know, food, if he had farm stuff, you know, the proper grains and materials needed, you know, fixing a fence, you know, repairing part of the house, making sure the servants are doing what they're supposed to be doing. You see, he's getting another life skill through that. And then next, he's imprisoned, falsely accused, which happens to many of us. Some of us go through processes where we're doing what we're supposed to be doing, but then something bad happens and the job fires us because of someone's lie or maybe because they didn't see the value in you and someone made you look bad in that sense, or it was just time for you to leave, or maybe you don't feel connected to that job anymore. It doesn't matter what it is, but God may be having a moment or a time to pick you up and move you somewhere else. So now he's in prison, not a good situation, not working out the way he was expecting, basically lost what he had. Cause if you think about it, he had, you know, 
a great place to be at. He took care of people. People respected him. He was in a good position of leadership. Then suddenly now he's, he's, he continues serving. He jumps in where opportunity presents itself. And what is he doing? He's now helping the prison guards and basically becomes an administrator amongst the prisoners. Right? Then suddenly, you know, he can do interpretation of dreams and they forget about him for two years and then boom. Oh yeah, there's this guy I met, he's in prison named Joseph, he can do interpretations. Pharaoh goes, oh, well, let's bring him out. So they bring him out, he interprets everything what he thinks is right, he believes he's uh, someone that understands what's going on, probably has heard all these reports about him. Uh, I, I don't know if Potiphar said, hey, you know, yeah, this guy did an awesome job, though that happened, they kept it under hush-hush. The prison guards are like, oh man, he's fantastic. And so Pharaoh's like, in that case, because you're able to interpret, because of your reputation, boom, you're second underneath to me. So what we don't understand sometimes, the path that we're getting thrown into that may look so dire, that looks so empty, that looks so like, I don't understand. Lord, I don't understand what's going on. I am so confused. I am frustrated. I don't know what to do next. Things are not coming together. What do I do? And God's like, I'm showing you. Instead of looking at how horrible or negative it is, ask me to show you what I'm trying to do. And allow me to teach you so you know what to do. And yes, it may be hard Yes, it may not be the way we wanted things to happen because Job was not expecting his whole family except for him and his wife to be wiped out. But because Job, as we know later on in Job, if you want to get into more reading, go to the end of you know the last few chapters. You know His wife even tells him to kind of give up. However, he stands firm in the faith. We know... In 1 Corinthians, we talked about the verses that we use, right? I think it's 1 Corinthians 16, 13, 14. Stand firm in the faith. Be strong. Act like men. Do it all in love. Job understood this, even though he was miserably, miserably out of, like, just wanting things to end. He stand firm. He acted like a man. He acted strong. He trusted in God. Joseph obeyed God, stayed away from sin. Both of them, actually technically, both of them stayed away from sin. They both did not accuse God for their issues. It doesn't mean they weren't frustrated, because you can hear in Job that he was frustrated. However, his eyes were still on God. Joseph, we don't have like a written word saying that Joseph was frustrated during all this time, but you got to imagine since he was human, just like you and I, he was most likely frustrated, confused maybe a few times. And I'm sure there was moments where he was like, am I even serving a real God? Because it just doesn't make sense. However, God always proves himself over and over and over again and reminds him, you know, my statutes, you know, my commands, you know, my word obey. And Joseph would be like, yeah, 
I trust you, Lord. I believe in you. I know, even though all this is just like, oh, why am I in prison for something I didn't do? I will still honor you, Lord. I will still serve. I will still be a leader. And he still did that. Because God saw the bigger picture. God was going to give Joe back, you know, more kids, more property, more, you know, basically regain what he lost. David, you know, in his story, we know he tried, you know, spent 12 years running. I'm sure he was confused as to, I thought you wanted me to be king. Why am I running for my life? But during that time, God is teaching, preparing. It's very similar to what's kind of been happening to us. The preparation is not the way that I wanted things to be prepped. However, God used it to prep us. And even though I don't, I didn't understand it at the time, I do know that God was prepping me. And and the interesting part I want you guys to really understand because you know it's easy to get up when things are going great, things are going the way you expected. It's harder when things are not, where things aren't clear. And that's what I kind of had to go through in my process because I was actually rejoicing and it kind of being excited for what God was going to do. Now, he used it for me to meet a few people. I wouldn't say I made you know instant friends, but you know, it was a nice connection. We did visit the church that these people came from just to see how they are. And two, you know, we did make one friend out of it at least, but it also has allowed us because of the extending time it took us to move in, it allowed my wife and I to spend time talking more about the ministry and what we should be doing. And now we kind of have a vision of what we want to do. We just got to pray a little bit more and seek out those avenues that would point to that and see if God will open those doors. So that is something you guys can pray for us because it's just really neat. It's like we still think it's going to be a ministry format with a church emphasis with it. But we are starting to see a connection to what or who God wants us to focus on with this ministry plan. You know, we still want a disciple, but it's with also an emphasis of something else that we think is God calling us to do. Okay. So pray for all the doors to open, start opening. I don't know if if right now we're so tired, you know, we have a seven hour trip in two days and then, um, visiting family and then we're coming back and then my family, my parents are going to be coming up and in two weeks from there. And then there's going to be family stuff going on here and then it probably won't be until after the year that I can finally can start seeing God kind of open doors, but he can still open now because I'm going to start reaching out to certain things like companies or groups out here that I have found. But the whole thing is if delays and things that didn't happen as they did wouldn't have revealed a lot of, a lot of, I guess you could say open openness to what God is doing. 
Because remember when I said that, you know, I was frustrated, I was, I was just focusing on the frustration. But when I stopped and stopped looking at the frustration and looked at the opportunities, it did change the perspective. And then being reminded of what Joseph went through, you know, all the, all the hardships that he went through, because, you know, like I didn't have the typical road. I didn't get to be a pastor for 10 years at a church. I didn't get to be, um, you know, someone who was part, like a senior pastor or some, you know, some church before I started doing this. All of it was God's little preparations of opportunities that he put me in, whether they were in secular jobs, whether they're in volunteer jobs, whether just meeting people randomly around, whatever it may be, God wanted me to meet the certain people for a time. He wanted me to be part of their lives for a time. And then he has us here in Georgia. What is the plan? hundred percent. I don't know. He gave us somewhat of a vision that we think he's calling us to do. And that's what we're going to focus on from now on. That being said, look at your guys's lives. If you're struggling, if you're having a hard time, you're, ha- you're, you're frustrated, you know, things are just not coming together and you're just like, I don't get it. Focus on God. Ask him. Ask him to teach you through it. Why am I having anxiety issues, stress issues? You know, why am I frustrated with my job? Why is things going on? But be open to teaching. If you're going to ask the why, you need to be open to the teaching that comes with it. Because sometimes you may not like the answer, and sometimes you may not get an answer. But the key thing, as Job in chapter 1 said, he worshipped, he didn't sin, and he never accused God. Joseph, he obeyed, he served, he led, he looked for opportunities in the darkness, and God used all of that, as he did for me, even with all the secular jobs that <laughs> I went into pastor mode, but no pastoring jobs came from it. God showed me a lot of things I needed to pay attention to and recognition because there is a lot of uh, people out there who have neg- negative views for Christianity, churches. We have a lot of people that are church people that are hiding behind their hurts and their pains. And they have nowhere to go. Nowhere to, to, to separate themselves from their lives to be able to focus on God for like a week or a weekend or go join a seminar that gives them the tools they need to take back with them so that while they're going through their hardship, they have tools that is biblical. Or we start teaching men and women tools to take with them to pay attention to their congregation. You see, there's things out there that are in need that the churches aren't teaching because we're focusing too much on appearance. And when you're obeying God, serving God, leading, not accusing him of all evil because he didn't do it, and then four... Um, not sinning. Like you're, you're not choosing sin to make yourself feel something. You're willing to walk in obedience, even if it's like, man, this is so frustrating. I'd rather sin because we're human and our desires are always going to be going after self and wanting to feed self and to adore self. 
But as we learned, putting on the armor of God, you know, we go to Ephesians 6 and we go through that over and over again in your mind. In fact, you know, make sure you go through that. Go through that. Like, remind yourself every day that when you're waking up, you're putting the full armor of God. And it's like, I don't understand what that means. You study up each of those armors and understand what they mean. You put on the full armor of God because the enemy is striving to break you. The enemy does not want you to find God's will for you. The enemy wants you to fall and fail so that you are not being used in the way that God needs you to be used. And the enemy is going to fight harder when you are obeying. And if you want to remind yourself, just think of Joseph. He was a slave. He worked for a basically a, a commanding officer of, of Egypt. Got accused of something he did not do. Went to prison. Served his heart out. Got promised, hey, we'll, 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 t- we'll let Pharaoh know about you. And two years later, they were like, oh, yeah, there was that one dude. And then Pharaoh's like, oh, bring him. And because of his reputation, because of the clarity he had for the interpretation, because he saw something different in Joseph, he put him underneath him to serve Egypt and everybody around to prepare for the famine that was coming. That's what God can do. Let's pray. Uh, Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for this time. I ask that you just bless this time. Use this podcast for your glory. And I pray that you just allow us to honor you in everything we do. I pray, Lord, that you would just help the men to find strength in you and to have faith in you in every struggle. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. You guys have a great week, and I will see you next time.